story one of romance of california life by john haberton this librivox recording is in the public domain story one the schoolteacher at bottle flat it certainly was hard what was the freedom of a country in which the voice of the original founders was spent in vain had not they the forty miners of bottle flat really started the place hadn't they located claims there hadn't they contributed three ounces each ostensibly to set up in business a brother miner who unfortunately lost an arm but really that a saloon might be opened and the genuineness and stability of the camp be assured hadn't they promptly killed or scared away every chinaman who had ever trailed his celestial pigtail into the flat hadn't they cut and beaten a trail to placerville so that miners could take a run to that city when the flat became too quiet hadn't they framed the squarest bedding code in the whole diggings and when a frisco man basely attempted to break up the camp by starting a gorgeous saloon a few miles up the creek hadn't they gone up in a body and cleared him out giving him only ten minutes in which to leave the creek forever all this they had done actuated only by a stern sense of duty and in the patient anticipation of the reward which traditionally crowns virtuous action but now oh ingratitude of republics a school-teacher was to be forced upon bottle flat in spite of all the protest which they the oldest inhabitants had made such had been their plaint for days but the sad excitement had not been productive of any fights for the few married men in the camp prudently absented themselves at night from the nugget saloon where the matter was fiercely discussed every evening there was therefore such an utter absence of diversity of opinion that the most quarrelsome searched in vain for provocation on the afternoon of the day on which the opening events of this story occurred the boys by agreement stopped work two hours earlier than usual for the stage usually reached bottle flat about two hours before sundown and the one of that day was to bring the hated teacher the boys had well-nigh given up the idea of further resistance yet curiosity has a small place even in manly bosoms and they could at least look hatred at the detested pedagogue so about four o'clock they gathered at the nugget so suddenly that several fathers who were calmly drinking inside had barely time to escape through the back windows the boys drank several times before composing themselves into their accustomed seats and leaning places but it was afterward asserted and southpaw the one-armed barkeeper cited as evidence that none of them took sugar in their liquor they subjected their sorrow to homeopathic treatment by drinking only the most raw and rasping fluids that the bar afforded the preliminary drinking over they moodily whittled chewed and expectorated a stranger would have imagined them a batch of miserable criminals awaiting transportation the silence was finally broken by a decided-looking red-haired man who had been neatly beveling the doorpost with his knife and who spoke as if his words only by great difficulty escaped being bitten in two we can burn down the schoolhouse right before his face and eyes and then maybe the state board'll get our ideas about education 
twon't be no use mose said judge barber whose legal title was honorary and conferred because he had spent some time in a penitentiary in the east them state board fellers is wrong but they've got grit or they'd never have got the schoolhouse done after we rode the contractor out of the flat on one of his own boards besides some of em might think we was a robbin it in and next thing you know they'd be buildin us a jail can't we buy off these young uns folks queried an angular fellow from southern illinois they're a miserable pack of shots and i believe they'd all leave the camp for a few ounces yes drawled the judge dubiously but thar's the widow jennies she'd pan out a pretty good schoolroom full with her eight young uns and there ain't ounces enough in the diggins to make her leave while tom guinea's coffin's roostin under the rocks then said mose the first speaker his words escaping with even more difficulty than before throw round gears to see who's to marry the widder and boss or young uns the feller that gets the fust jacks to do the job made it no insult to this highly respectable crowd said the judge in a very bland tone and inviting it to walk up to the bar and specify its consolation i don't believe there's one of yer the widders have the judge's eye glanced along the line at the bar and he continued softly but in decided accents not a cussed one but added the judge passing his pouch to the barkeeper if anything's to be done it must be done lively for the stage is pretty nigh here tell you what's as good as anything we'll crowd round the stage first throwin' keards for who's to pull out his hoof to be accidentally trod on by the infernal teacher as he gets out then satisfaction must be took out of the teacher it'd be a mean job for these teachers haven't the spunk of a coyote and ten to one it won't have no shootin irons so the job'll have to be done with fists good said mose the crowd drinks with me to a square job and no backin chucked a pasteboard jedge the dickens for mose had got the first jack square job and no backin said the judge with a grin there's the stage now hurry up fellers the stage drew up with a crash in front of the nugget and the passengers outside and in but none looking teacherish hurried into the saloon the boys scarcely knew whether to swear from disappointment or gratification when a start from mose drew their attention again to the stage on the top step appeared a small shoe above which was visible a small section of stocking far whiter and smaller than is usual in the mines in an instant a similar shoe appeared on the lower step and the boys saw successively the edge of a dress a waterproof cloak a couple of small gloved hands a bright muffler and a pleasant face covered with brown hair and a bonnet then they heard a cheerful voice say i'm the teacher gentlemen can anyone show me the schoolhouse the miserable mose looked ghastly and tottered a suspicion of a wink graced the judge's eye but he exclaimed in a stern low tone square job and no backin upon which mose took to his heels and the placerville trail the judge had been a married man so he promptly answered i'll take you thar mom as soon as i git your baggage thank you said the teacher that valise under the seat is all the judge extracted a small valise marked hulda brown offered his arm and he and the teacher walked off before the astonished crowd as naturally as if the appearance of a modest-looking young lady was an ordinary occurrence at the flat 
the stage refilled and rattled away from the dumb and staring crowd and the judge returned well boys said he you got to marry two women now to stop that school and you'll find this un more particular than the widder i just tell yer what it's about that school it's a-goin to go on spite of any jackasses that wants it broke up and any gentleman that's insulted can get satisfaction by who wants it broke up you old fool demanded toledo a man who had been named after the city from which he had come and who had been from the first one of the fiercest opponents of the school i move the appointment of a committee of three to wait on the teacher see if the school wants anything money can buy take up subscriptions to get it and lay out any feller that don't come down with the dust when he's went fur hooray bully good sound them's the talk and other sympathetic expressions were heard from the members of the late anti-school party the judge who by virtue of age was the master of ceremonies and general moderator of the camp very promptly appointed a committee consisting of toledo and two miners whose attire appeared the most respectable in the place and instructed them to wait on the schoolmarm and tender her the cordial support of the miners early the next morning the committee called at the schoolhouse attached to which were two small rooms in which teachers were expected to keep house the committee found the teacher putting to right the schoolroom her dress was tucked up her sleeves rolled her neck hidden by a bright handkerchief and her hair a blowin all to glory as toledo afterward expressed it between the exertion the bracing air and the excitement caused by the newness of everything miss brown's pleasant face was almost handsome mornin marm said toledo raising a most shocking hat while the remaining committeemen expeditiously ranged themselves behind him so that the teacher might by no chance look into their eyes good morning gentlemen said miss brown with a cheerful smile please be seated i suppose you wish to speak of your children toledo who was a very young man blushed and the whole committee was as uneasy on its feet as if its boots had been soled by fly blisters finally toledo answered not much marm seein we ain't got none me and these gentlemen's a committee from the boys from the boys echoed miss brown she had heard so many wonderful things about the golden state that now she soberly wondered whether bearded men called themselves boys and went to school from the miners washin along the crick marm they want to know what they can do for yer continued toledo i am very grateful said miss brown but i suppose the local school committee don't count on them marm interrupted toledo they're livin five miles away and they're only the preacher and doctor and a feller that's jammed the church lately none of em but the doctor ever shows themselves at the saloon and he only comes when there's a difficulty and he's called in to officiate but the boys the boys has got the dust marm and they've got the will one of us'll be in often to see what can be done for yer good morning marm toledo raided his hat again the other committeemen bowed profoundly to all the windows and seats and then the whole retired leaving miss brown to the wondering possession of an entirely new experience well inquired the crowd as the committee approached the creek well replied toledo she's just a hundred and thirty pound nugget and no mistake eh fellers you bet promptly responded the remainder of the committee good said the judge what does she want toledo's countenance fell 
by thunder he replied we got out for she had a chance to tell us the judge stared sharply upon the young man and hurriedly turned to hide a merry twitching of his lips that afternoon the boys were considerably astonished and scared at seeing the schoolmistress walking quickly toward the creek the chairman of the new committee was fully equal to the occasion mounting a rock he roared you fellers without no shirts on git you with shoes off put em on take your pants out of your boots hats off when the lady come hurry now no foolin the shirtless ones took a lively double quick toward some friendly bushes the boys rolled down their sleeves and pantaloons and one or two took the extra precaution to wash the mud off their boots meanwhile miss brown approached and toledo stepped forward anything wrong up at the schoolhouse said he oh no replied miss brown but i have always had a great curiosity to see how gold was obtained it seems as if it must be very easy to handle those little pans don't you don't you suppose some miner would lend me his pan and let me try just once certainly marm every galoot oven would be glad of the chance here you fellers who got the cleanest pan half a dozen men washed out their pans and hurried off with them toledo selected one put in dirt and water and handed it to miss brown there you are marm but i'm feared you'll wet your dress oh that won't harm cried miss brown with a laugh which caused one enthusiastic miner to cut the pigeon wing she got the miner's touch to a nicety and in a moment had a spray of dirty water flying from the edge of the pan while all the boys stood in a respectful semicircle and stared delightedly the pan empty toledo refilled it several times and finally picking out some pebbles and hard pieces of earth pointed to the dirty shiny deposit in the bottom of the pan and briefly remarked thar tis marm oh screamed miss brown with delight is that really gold dust that's it said toledo i'll just put it up for you so you can carry it oh no said miss brown i couldn't think of it it isn't mine you washed it out marm and that makes it full title in these parts all of the traditional honesty of new england came into miss brown's face in an instant and although she yankee-like estimated the value of the dust and sighingly thought how much easier it was to win gold in that way than by forcing ideas into stupid little heads she firmly declined the gold and bade the crowd a smiling good day did you see them little fingers of hern a-holdin out that pan did you see her fellers inquired an excited miner yeah and the way she made that dirt git as though she was used to washin that wallopin said another wallopin echoed a staid miner i'd give my claim and throw in my pile to boot to be a youngin and get walloped by them plain things of hern just see how she throw dirt and water on them boots said another extending an enormous ugly boot them boots ain't far sale now them ain't them be derned contemptuously exclaimed another she tramped right on my toes as she backed out of the crowd every one looked jealously at the last speaker and a grim old fellow suggested that the aforesaid individual had obtained a trampled foot by fraud and that each man in camp had consequently a right to demand satisfaction of him but the judge decided that he of the trampled foot was right and that any miner who wouldn't take such a chance whether fraudulently or otherwise hadn't the spirit of a man in him 
yankee sam the shortest man in camp withdrew from the crowd and paced the banks of the creek lost in thought within half an hour sam was owner of the only store in the place had doubled the price of all articles of clothing contained therein and increased at least sixfold the price of all the white shirts next day the sun rose on bottle flat in his usual conservative and impassive manner had he respected the dramatic proprieties he would have appeared with astonished face and uplifted hands for seldom had a whole community changed so completely in a single night uncle hans the only german in the camp had spent the preceding afternoon in that patient investigation for which the teutonic mind is so justly noted the morning sun saw over hans's door a sign in charcoal which read shaven done here and few men went to the creek that morning without submitting themselves to hans's hands then several men who had been absent from the saloon the night before straggled into camp with jaded mules and new attire carondelet joe came in clad in a pair of pants on which slender saffron-hued serpents ascended gracefully gray corinthian columns while from under the collar of a new white shirt appeared a cravat displaying most of the lines of the solar spectrum flush the flat champion at poker came in late in the afternoon with a huge watch-chain and an overpowering bosom pin and his horrid fingers sported at least one seal-ring each several stove-pipe hats were visible in camp and even a pair of gloves were reported in the pocket of a miner yankee sam had sold out his entire stock and prevented bloodshed over his only bottle of hair oil by putting it up at a raffle at forty chances at an ounce a chance his stock of white shirts seven in number were visible on manly forms his pocket combs and glasses were all gone and there had been a steady run on needles and thread most of the miners were smoking new white clay pipes while a few thoughtful ones hoping for a repetition of the events of the previous day had scoured their pans to a dazzling brightness as for the innocent cause of all this commotion she was fully as excited as the miners themselves she had never been outside of middle bethany until she started for california everything on the trip had been strange and her stopping-place and its people were stranger than all the male population of middle bethany as is usual with small new england villages consisted almost entirely of very young boys and very old men but here at bottle flat were hosts of middle-aged men and such funny ones she was wild to see more of them and hear them talk yet her wildness was no match for her prudence she sighed to think how slightly toledo had spoken of the minister on the local committee and she piously admitted to herself that toledo and his friends were undoubtedly on the brink of the bottomless pit and yet they certainly were very kind if she would only exert a good influence upon these men but how suddenly she bethought herself of the grand social centre of middle bethany the singing school of course she couldn't start a singing school at bottle flat but if she were to say the children needed to be led in singing would it be very hypocritical she might invite such of the miners as were musically inclined to lead the school in singing in the morning 
and thus she might perhaps remove some of the prejudice which she had been informed existed against the school she broached the subject to toledo and that faithful official had nearly every miner in camp at the schoolhouse that same evening the judge brought a fiddle uncle hans came with a cornet and yellow pete came grinning in with his darling banjo there was a little disappointment all around when the boys declared their ignorance of greenville and bonnie doon which airs miss brown decided were most easy for the children to begin with but when it was ascertained that the former was the heir to saw my leg off and the latter was identical with the three black crows all friction was removed and the melodious howling attracted the few remaining boys at the saloon and brought them up in a body led by the barkeeper himself the exact connection between melody and adoration is yet an unsolved religio-psychological problem but we all know that everywhere in the habitable globe the two intermingle and stimulate each other whether the adoration be offered to heavenly or earthly objects and so it came to pass that at the bottle flat singing school the boys looked straight at the teacher while they raised their tuneful voices that they came ridiculously early so as to get front seats and that they purposely sung out of tune once in a while so as to be personally addressed by the teacher and she pure modest prudent and refined saw it all and enjoyed it intensely of course it could never go any further for though there was in middle bethany no moneyed aristocracy the best families scorned alliances with any who were undegenerate and would not be unequally yoked with those who drank swore and gambled let alone the fearful suspicion of murder which miss brown's imagination affixed to every man in the flat but the boys themselves considering the unspeakable contempt which had been manifested in the camp for the profession of teaching and for all who practised it the boys exhibited a condescension truly christian they vied with each other in manifesting it and though the means were not always the most appropriate the honesty of the sentiment could not be doubted one by one the greater part of the boys after adoring and hoping saw for themselves that miss brown could never be expected to change her name at their solicitation sadder but better men they retired from the contest and solaced themselves by betting on the chances of those still on the track as an ex-jockey tersely expressed the situation there was no talk of false-hearted or fair temptress such as men often hear in society for not only had all the tenderness emanated from manly breasts alone but it had never taken form of words soon the hopeful ones were reduced to half a dozen of these yankee sam was the favorite among the betting men for sam knowing the habits of new england damsels went to placerville one friday and returned next day with a horse and buggy on sunday he triumphantly drove miss brown to the nearest church ten to one was offered on sam that sunday afternoon as the boys saw the demure and contented look on miss brown's face as she returned from church but samuel followed in the sad footsteps of many another great man for so industriously did he drink to his own success that he speedily developed into a bad case of delirium tremens 
then carondelet joe calmly confident in the influence of his wonderful pants led all odds in betting but one evening when joe had managed to get himself in the front row and directly before the little teacher that lady turned her head several times and showed signs of discomfort when it finally struck the latter that the human breath might perhaps waft toward a lady perfumes more agreeable than those of mixed drinks he abruptly quitted the school and the camp flush the poker champion carried with him to the singing school that astounding impudence which had long been the terror and admiration of the camp but a quality which had always seemed exactly the thing when applied to poker seemed to the boys barely endurable when displayed toward miss brown one afternoon flush indiscreetly indulged in some triumphant and rather slighting remarks about the little teacher within fifteen minutes flush's final earthly home had been excavated and an amateur undertaker was making his coffin an untimely proposal by a good-looking young mexican and his prompt rejection left the race between toledo and a frenchman named lecomte it also left miss brown considerably frightened for until now she had imagined nothing more serious than the rude admiration which had so delighted her at first but now who knew but some one else would be ridiculous poor little miss brown suffered acutely at the thought of giving pain and determined to be more demure than ever but alas even her agitation seemed to make her more charming to her two remaining lovers had the boys in the saloon comprehended in the least the cause of miss brown's uneasiness they would have promptly put both lecomte and toledo out of the camp or out of the world but to their good-natured conceited minds it meant only that she was confused and unable to decide and unlimited betting was done to be settled upon the retirement of either of the contestants and while patriotic feelings influenced the odds rather in toledo's favour it was fairly admitted that the frenchman was a formidable rival to all the grace of manner and the knowledge of women that seems to run in gallic blood he was a man of tolerable education and excellent taste besides miss brown was so totally different from french women that every development of her character afforded him an entirely new sensation and doubled his devotion toledo stood his ground manfully though the boys considered it a very bad sign when he stopped drinking and spent hours in pacing the ground in front of his hut with his hands behind him and his eyes fixed on the ground finally when he was seen one day to throw away his faithful old pipe heavy betters hastened to hedge as well they might besides as one of the boys truthfully observed he couldn't begin to wag a jaw along with that frenchman but like many other young men he could talk quite eloquently with his eyes and as the language of the eyes is always direct and purely grammatical miss brown understood everything they said and to her great horror once or twice barely escaped talking back the poor little teacher was about to make the whole matter a subject of special prayer when a knock at the door startled her she answered it and beheld the homely features of the judge i just come in to talk a little matter that's been bothering me some time you'll pardon me if i talk a little plain said he certainly replied the teacher wondering if he too had joined her persecutors 
thank ye said the judge looking relieved it's, it's all right i've got darters to hum as big as you be and i want to talk to you as if you was one of them the judge looked uncertain for a moment and then proceeded that feller toledo's dead in love with yer of course you know it though ain't likely he's told yer all i want to say about him is drop him kindly he's been took so bad since you come that he's stopped drinkin and chewin and smokin and cussin and he hasn't played a game at the nugget since the first singin school night maybe this all ain't much to you but you've read about that woman that was spoke well of for doin what she could he's the first feller i've ever seen in the diggins that went back on all the comforts of life and and i've just been a young man myself and knowin how big a claim it's been for him to work i ain't got the heart to see him spiled now but he will be if when you have to drop him you don't do it kindly and just one thing more the quicker he's out of his misery the better the old jailbird screwed up a tear out of his eye with a dirty knuckle and departed abruptly leaving the little teacher just about ready to cry herself but before she was quite ready another knock startled her she opened the door and let in toledo himself good evening marm said he gravely i just come in to make my last official call seein i'm goin away tomorrow is there anything that schoolhouse wants i can get and send from frisco going away ejaculated the teacher heedless of the remainder of toledo's speech yes marm a-goin away for good fact is i've been tryin to behave myself lately and i find i need more company at it than i get about the diggins i'm goin some place where i can learn to be the gentleman i feel like bein to be decent and honest and useful and that anybody here it cares to help a feller that way nobody the ancestor of the browns of middle bethany was at lexington on that memorable morning in seventy five and all of his promptness and his courage ten times multiplied swelled the heart of his trembling little descendant as she faltered out there's one who asked toledo before he could raise his eyes but though miss brown answered not a word he did not repeat his question for such a rare crimson came into the little teacher's face that he hid it away in his breast and acted as if he would never let it out again another knock at the door toledo dropped into a chair and miss brown hastily smoothing back her hair opened the door and again saw the judge i just dropped back to say commenced the judge when his eye fell upon toledo he darted a quick glance at the teacher comprehended the situation at once and with a loud shout of out of his misery by thunder started on a run to carry the news to the saloon miss brown completed her term and then the minister who was on the local board was called in to formally make her tutor for life to a larger pupil lecomte with true french gallantry insisted on being groomsman and the judge gave away the bride the groom who gave a name very different from any ever heard at the flat placed on his bride's finger a ring inscribed within made from gold washed by Huldah brown the little teacher has increased the number of her pupils by several and her latest one calls her grandma End of story one